Hey guys, this is Joe Costello from Hidden Horsepower. Just wanted to let you know about the next Engine Performance Expo. We're talking about January 13th and 14th. We're going to be live streaming the entire event on YouTube. That's right. Just go to YouTube and you can do it right now and search Engine Performance Expo. Subscribe, click the bell for notifications, and then when we go live January 13th and 14th, you won't miss a second. We're going to have some of the best engine builders in the world all there talking about the ins and outs of engine building and high performance. In the meantime, let's kick it back out to the Engine Performance Expo encore presentation of an interview we did with John Kazi. The following is brought to you by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com Now, the whole Engine Performance Expo is really about getting into the minds of some of the greatest that are out there in the engine building world. And Total Seal Piston Rings has been a, a leader in that, creating the Hidden Horsepower podcast. Uh, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, the TotalSeal.com website, or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, I am the host, but I'm just the luckiest guy on the planet to be able to do it because we have such great guests, rock stars in the industry, like this guy, nine-time <laughs> engine master, Mr. John Kazi, and of course, Lake Speed Jr. is back. And we're going to do a little Hidden Horsepower live right yeah. now as part of the Engine Performance Expo. And John, I'm, I'm sure you're super excited about that. Uh, yeah, we're ready. We're ready. Yeah, Lake, yeah. And, and we have peppered this guy with questions. We already got one episode <laughs> up there already, but it wasn't quite in person. And so what I would like to, to start it off with is, uh, you know, a, a, an origin story, a foundational story. Like we all know your career since then, but take me back to the, what was it? The back seat of a 1964 oh. <laughs> tri-powered GTO where yeah, you went from you've heard that story, normal yeah. kid yeah. to yeah. Well, race, kid. race yeah. kid. Right. Yeah. It yeah. happened well, in a Pontiac. Yeah, I want to hear my, this. My, uh, my, my older sister, uh, she had a boyfriend. He came over with his Pontiac GTO 64 tri-power. You know, it had a deep gear in it and stuff. And I had never ridden in a car this fast. Okay. You know, I mean, your parents, my parents weren't racers, you know. Right. Uh, let's face your dad's it. a dentist, right? Dad's a yeah. dentist. Okay, so, yeah. Parents you know. typically try to not endanger their kids. Yeah, and I didn't know a car was any faster than what we drove. So mm -hmm. anyway, we go down the street, he bangs through the gears in that thing, and it, it ruined my life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, really, it really didn't, but it changed my life. You know, it was like, I, that was it. I mean, I was hooked from then on, you know, and it was, it was more than just going fast. It was like just the sound that it made yeah. with the four speed and, yeah. the, and those whiny gears, you know, the old Muncie's made all kinds of racket because there's all kinds of garbage in them mm -hmm. and whirling around. It sounded like a turbine. You know, but I'll remember that to the day I die, running in that guy's Acceleration, car. just putting yeah, you back in the seat. And it had deep gears. So, you know, we ran through all the gears, you know. On the city streets. Yes. And, it probably got and, and your sister years. was part of this? Or? Oh, yeah. Well, there was four of us in the car. You know? <laughs> no seatbelts. You know? Oh, but, but, Cleveland, you know, Ohio, right? Well, God looks after fools, right? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, that kind of started it off. And I was I was just kind of getting to the point of thinking about cars. I was only about 13. And uh, my dad helped me get a Nash Metropolitan when I was 13. And, and, you know, we lived in a city, so we weren't out in the country, so I, I couldn't drive it on the street, but mm -hmm. I drove it up and down the driveway thousands of times, you know, and did burnouts with it and everything. <laughs> and, you know, it had a stick shift, and, and but I, I, I learned cars, 
you know, mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, we disassembled it. I took the rods and pistons out, put it back together, all that stuff. Wow. So, you know, I was always kind of interested. And I, I worked on lawnmowers, and, you know, I had my lawnmower repair money from where I worked on lawnmowers and stuff. And by the, by the time I was 16, I had a 66 Comet. This was 1968, so it was only a couple year old cars, Comet yeah. Cyclone, and I bought it stripped out, and I got an engine and put in, and so, so by the time I got my driver's license, my car was ready, you know, and, and uh, at the same time, I met a couple of guys that, you know, there's a couple of life-changing experiences, mm -hmm. and, and for me, it was like, I met this guy, Ron Baker and Bill Rolfe, and Bill Rolfe was an engine builder, uh, close to me, and he was only in his late 20s, but he started a shop, but anyway, he helped me through these engines and stuff, and I ended up going to work for him part-time. And I really learned a good bit of my engine business from, you know, skills right. from him. Now, is that in Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah, it's up around Cleveland. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's right around the corner from my house. I could, I could almost walk there. All right. So it was just, it's just lucky, you know. So I, I met him, and and uh, I worked for him for a while, but I learned a lot of stuff from that guy. Well, you know, I... And then, so I raced that car for about six years. Mm -hmm. I, actually, I had a Mustang too, but, but you know, it was an 11-second car in 1969. You know, I mean, it was That's fast. Right. It was 427 finally, and and uh, then I met up with a guy, Larry Ford, and we built a Pro Stock Pinot in 1975 when Pro Stock was at its beginning. Yeah. And uh, we did good with it. You know, I built the engines, he built the car, he drove it, and we we qualified at Gator Nationals and Indy wow. and some of that stuff, and and uh, we finally wrecked the car. So we weren't sure with how we were going to rebuild it, but. It was end of 1976. We I, I met Dino Don in that time because okay. we raced with him. Right, yeah, you know, yeah so we that's were, how you met Dino Don. And, Dino. and okay. he was just the best guy for meeting and talking to. It didn't matter who you were. He had no system. Of anybody he would talk to and okay. be nice to. And um, so that's the other profound effect on somebody's life. You know, right. I went to work for him, and. Uh, I wanted to get out of Ohio. Winter was there. It was icy. <laughs> you know, he lived in California. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I can I imagine was, this day. Yeah, yeah. You're driving your car in January right. in Cleveland, and, and you're and, like, I'm uh, out of no, here. I'm done. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and he needed a crew chief, and I wanted to get out, and I was done with college and stuff. So I said, well, I'll do this for a while. So I went to work for him, and, you know, of course, working for him, I met everybody. You know, Oh, you, oh you know, California uh, that time? Oh, yeah. Oh, Mickey, Mickey gosh, Thompson yeah. and all those people. Yeah. So, um, but we, we had really good luck the first year he won his NHRA championship, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, so I worked for him for about three years, but I wasn't going to make a really good living at it because, I mean, nobody had any money, Yeah. you know, and you, know, you can't you can't live $200 a week, no. you know, and at that time I met my future wife, Linda, we, and we had got married and stuff, and, you know, we, we just need to do something else, not live on the road out of a suitcase, so yeah. I started my own business into 79. And then almost immediately, we started working on big engines for Ricky Smith. He had a, okay. a car that Roush had built. It was Oak Ridge Boys sponsored car. Yes. The big inch motor. And, <laughs> and, here in Tennessee today, Oak Ridge yeah, Boys. Big 420, Boss yeah. 429. And we did good with it. Yeah. And we did really good with it. And then we started building more. And really, fast forward to now, things just kind of progressed. Um, so your bill. shop was in California, though. No, 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 Georgia. Georgia. So, See, so when you yeah, opened when your own I, shop, you moved. No, no. With Nicholson, he had a place. He had a place in California, a place in Atlanta. Didn't know. Yeah, that. and we spent most of our time in Atlanta because most of the match races was back east. Okay. So, that, so it wasn't. I didn't even have to move when I started my own shop. I was already in an apartment. Okay, in cool. Atlanta. So, um, but you know, twenty about I rented spaces and stuff. About twenty years ago, we built a building. 
and that's where I'm at right now. Okay, so yeah. it's kind of grown. It's grown a lot. You know, we still do big engines. Um, for about 25 years, we did nothing but big engines. Yeah. You know, big Ford drag race and whatever. Oh, yeah. And then um, that's what I first heard of you was yeah. Mountain Motor Pro Stuff. But that was you we, were the we, king you know, of we, that. Then we started branching out, and we you know we started making some cylinder heads, mm -hmm. you know, on our own and getting things done and. And uh, so now we've got several avenues that we work in. You know, we, we do... Um, the marine stuff. Yeah, we do some marines, you know, some of them are called super cats where they're... Uh, it's, a, it's a race boat. Yeah. It's a big boat, but they're big Chevys, and we work on those. And then we've got the unlimited stuff, which was, was, it was the Geico team, and it's still a team. It's just okay. going to be changing their name. But uh, we, we won a championship with them, you know, and these are... 180 mile an hour boats. Yeah, they're big. Yeah, yeah they like twin, multiple twin, engines too, right? Yeah, yeah, twin turbo, two engines. They, they call them a Mercury QC4. Oof. So today we work on those QC4s. We're one of the few people that really work on them because mm -hmm. they're not only they're a little difficult, but Mercury really doesn't like anybody else working on them. And they, are they, they are those a twin overhead cam? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah it's it's yeah. like a huge coyote motor <laughs> with, with twin turbos. Yeah, that's, yeah it's why a, not? It's a masterpiece. It really is. So we work on those and and uh, on those big big offshore boats. And some of them are poker runs. Okay. Yeah. So we do those. You know, we build cylinder heads and uh, fill cylinder heads from scratch. They're Boss 429 stuff, like original Boss 429s. Right. And we build manifolds for those and, uh, you know, valve covers and stuff like that. And then... We've got a wedge head that we build. That's mm -hmm. you know 460 style looking. It looks right. like a passenger car, but they'll make 1200 horse if you do it right. Yeah. Now, I also so, know you were, you got into this Southeast Gasters thing, right? You were yeah, testing that, yesterday, right? <laughs> yeah, we were testing at Shady Side yesterday. One of those old cars with the straight axles and stuff, and there, it's everything like 1966. You know, you can't be. <laughs> it has, driving. Uh, no, 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 no. I know this guy. I, I would, I would love to drive that car. Though, Crazy grandpa. It, I'm gonna tell you what, it's a man's race car. It's hard because they're clutch four speeds. Yeah, as you said, yeah, clutch there, four speeds. There's speed. no RPM limiters, and it's just like it was in the '60s. And they're, you know, if they were quarter mile cars, it would be low eight seconds. So they're fast. You said they're straight axle too. Straight axles. Yeah. They're all over the place. They do wheel stands. It's a cool deal. So we, we've got a lot of different things going, and you know, today. Besides me, there's 10 other guys working with me. Right. You know, and uh, every one of them is first class. They're all the best there is. Yeah. So, you know, and if some, some of them are, I've got a wide range of guys. I got a guy that's 21. I got a guy that's 77. <laughs> you know, and I did a little math coming here. You know, all together, we got 350 years of building 350. experience. 350. A little bit. With 11 guys. Yeah. Got a, a first class team of guys. Oh, yeah, no yep. doubt about it. Yeah, it's, and you know. you've been here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. It, it's, a, it's really, I, I hope it's a fun place. You know, Oh, I love coming to your place. You know, what are you talking we, about? We, it's we, like, if it's I go like, near Atlanta, I'm coming to your we, shop. We get a lot done. but Yeah. Um, well, this way, I've never walked in the door at his shop and not seen him standing at a machine making parts, <laughs> ever. I've never caught you on the phone, well, no. either on the dyno or you're running no, a lathe. Or... Fortunately, you know, Cliff and Doug do a lot of the phone stuff, yeah. and I, I really... I love machining parts. Mm -hmm. I love dyno, and I like working on engines. I especially like working on a new project that's different. Yeah. But this, this is a tough business, and I'm you know I'm, I'm not really that excited about running a business anymore. You know, my <laughs> my guys do a really good job at right. it. And, you know, the farther I am back in the building, the better off everybody is. I think. <laughs> well, I think the last time I was in the shop, you were actually working on a set of heads 
for one of those gasser motors. Yeah, for that, that gasser. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you, we're not going to do many of those because it's a money loser. You know, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah, but it, you know, maybe something that took place of the engine masters this year because there wasn't one. Right. Yeah. You know, they're getting they've, something. To... They've closed that down for a while, so. Um, sometimes Speaking you of just want... masters, yes, right. Mm, Let, nine, let's talk about that. Nine uh, times—that's the challenge, right? I like to have be a challenge. I like to come up with a challenge. Yeah, well, that's it, a challenge. It, that was—I I missed it this year. It's like when it gets when the weather starts getting cool, I start thinking I should be in there working on that. Well, there was nothing to work on this time, you know, because they, they put it to rest for a while. But, yeah. Um, we'll. Uh, We'll see what happens in the future. They might pick it back up again. Race winning brands talked about it. But Did you have it, your planned out uh, entry? Did you already figure out what you were going to do? I had, I had one started. I was going to build a little Ford, but mm -hmm. um, you know, and some of them are disasters. Some of them aren't that good. Some of them really are good. So, right. You know. <laughs> well, the the one I think everybody, if you if you've known about the engine masters and heard about John, I think the one that probably is the most iconic one is the valve seat. Oh, that, well, you mean the Edsel motor with the chamber that, yeah, that. Explain, just, for those who haven't uh, watched well, or don't you, know, you please, kinda, please I, explain. You'd kind of have to look and find it on YouTube or something. Yeah, you should it, totally look it, at that. It was a 58 Edsel engine that the chamber was just extended down into the bore about an inch. You know, and it was done mm -hmm. with a big, huge piece of brass. But uh, very hard to explain, but you could find pictures. Because essentially was a, was a, you couldn't put a valve job on it, right, or something like that, but they didn't say anything about a gasket, so you actually made... Well, it was almost an unlimited set of rules, but um, basically spaced the heads up off the block about an inch and just made the head taller, but it was mostly because the chamber came down. It made the valve bowls deeper, mm -hmm. and, well, there's something to that. Now, let me tell you. <laughs> right. I mean, it was good. It, it... But it was basically, you had to take, take a whole billet piece of copper or... or in this case, wasn't really copper. It was more like a well. A the, the chambers material, were right? round pieces, about like this, mm -hmm. about an inch thick. It just stuck in there, and, and then the uh, there was an aluminum piece that went around them to space okay. them up. But it was uh, a one in a lifetime project, but it worked. Worked good. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Go to YouTube, yeah. find it. I'm not. What what year was that, Engine Masters? Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. You just yeah. go check it out later on, because yeah. you you will not be. Sorry for yeah. investing that uh, time in your life. And you uh, you had the courage to go into that competition with a Pontiac engine at one point. I built yeah. a couple times and built Pontiacs. And, uh, they, they, well, well, because they of the tide of the GTO, yeah. right? It, like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And and I wanted to do something different than the Ford. And uh, the Pontiac was, it qualified number one. But the one time I, I burned it up, well, you know, they pump gas. And yeah. I think I had a piece of gasket when a jet or something. Anyway, it wasn't my year and I, you know. Yeah, it happens. One of my really good friends won and I was glad for him. So, I mean, that's the way it is. He's not going to win them all. No. Well, you and Bischoff were back and forth. I me, mean, y'all were Tony fierce competitors is, in that. Tony is as good as it gets. Yeah. I mean, he's really tough. And uh, I really enjoyed I'm sure going against him. I'm you sure know? you did, yeah. I think twice. One time he beat me by one horsepower. Another time I beat him by five horsepower or something. You know? So he was, you know, he hasn't done it as much but lately, but um, he's super competitive. That's cool. Yeah. So, well, I, I want to say talented. something, right? Yes. So, we may have mentioned it earlier. The number one segment from the first expo was you doing your video, That's right? what I was going to bring up. Okay. Right? Because, because, well, no, because it's it's the it's the point. Go ahead. Continue. Well, the We're thing is, the so literally two weeks ago, John, I'm in a guy's yeah. shop, and he points out the... Uh, Scotch Bright disc. And he called oh, yeah. it the John Cozzy disc. Yeah, yeah. Just well, it was just a bunch of handy things that 
that we've come up with over you know 50 years of building engines. Right. And really, the most of them were from the last 10 years. Yeah. But um. Yeah, a lot of them were different because yeah. like I told you before, I may have mentioned but at the beginning of the show. That original presentation you gave was at AETC. Yeah, some of it. Probably like 10 years ago. Yeah, they were all bits and pieces from other presentations. Right, which but, was great to be able to share but, with everybody. You know? But they're, uh, and they need to know how to go and find that on your, it's right. really the last year's stuff. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of things on there. If you build engines, it will help you. The split nut tool was fantastic. it's very cheap to do things. Oh yeah, none of those yeah. things were expensive. Mm -hmm. None of them. But I couldn't do it again. Because I don't have any more. <laughs> that was it. Well, there might be a few, but that was, I, I, you got most of them. Yeah, but you're willing. I had to fill it 45 minutes. I had, I had... Your willingness to share those secrets. Not everyone in a profession is willing to share their secrets. They don't want other people knowing the information they've amassed yeah, over the years. That in, it, you know in and of itself. Some, sometimes you just need to, and some of those things, it's like we talked before, the guys you don't want to know already know. Right, yeah. You know? You're not, you're not pulling over the wool of their eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They already figured it out too. Yeah. And some of those come from other shops. Yeah. Some, a few of those things. So, and you know what? You, you, some of that, I mean, if you had your super secret way of porting heads or something, that's one thing. But most other stuff, everybody knows. You know, well, back to the I think it's combination too. It's like I know in NASCAR the thing was, hey, I can give you my right front spring. Good luck with the rest yeah, of it. Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter what. Right. I have yeah, you got yeah, to right. have the, you got to have the whole package. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I so I've always heard well, you you can share helps somebody in the right direction. I can give you a part of this. Right. But you still got to figure out the rest of it yourself. Yeah. Well, I I don't, I don't mind sharing that stuff. No, you've always been yeah. a, a gracious host and help us all with everything so mm -hmm. we, we appreciate you taking your time to be here and you can do this and, and share these things sure. it's great you yeah. know well this didn't take any prep this year you just show <laughs> up it's easier just show up yeah uh, let's talk about some of the mountain motor stuff because uh you know they're kind of being pulled into the nhra now and i'm i'm learning a lot more than i had ever oh, okay. been exposed mm -hmm. uh to you know mountain motor pro stock and man they're amazing amazing machines but to be on the forefront of that and kind of go into it when it was uh new and and a frontier almost if you will and, mm -hmm. and now that i speak with those guys they they just love it they love the uh having more power than they can use and the grunt carrying well, the front tire 300 feet yeah they're um really when you think about it they're probably the the most powerful na motor ever anyway because there's you know maybe an airplane you know world yeah, war ii okay, airplane yeah, 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 yeah. but as far as a car engine, supercharged though yeah well that's true yeah yeah but most of your it's for a car engine you know we're a little over 2,000 horsepower on a, on the best of the best days and uh for a carbureted v8 to make 2,000 horse on its own you know oh i remember the first time i got to the shop and they were dynoing one of those things i thought there was a formula one engine in there or something yeah they're loud you, yeah because yeah, you think okay well it's a big giant engine it doesn't turn a crazy amount of rpm and here i come from a nascar shop these guys are dying on 10,000 rpm all day long and i i hear this sound and i'm like Oh my God! What is that? That thing's like it's, it's screaming, yeah, and I'm like, that thing's only turning like 7,200 RPM. But then you said, well, we turn them 8,500. Okay, yeah. the piston speed, right? That yeah, said. I forget what it is. 80, I don't know. It's way. It's a big number. Yeah, it's 8, faster 000. than a Formula One oh, engine. Oh yeah, yeah. There's nothing. Yeah, because of yeah. stroke. Yeah, and the mean RPM, piston but, velocity 
is faster than a Formula One engine at 20,000 RPM. Yeah, but they, they don't <laughs> yeah. cause any trouble. You know, it doesn't burn the skirts <laughs> off them. You know, they were in fine. It, yeah. It's hard on the connecting rods because they're pulling so hard when they change direction. That's what's hard. Now, with those, did you use a steel rod or an aluminum rod? Oh, no. You'd never get it. Uh, aluminum rod. Aluminum yeah. rod, yeah. yeah. It needs a cushion. Yeah. You know, steel rod, you most likely would tear the bearings out of it or something because the shock is so much. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, plus uh, you, you'd never get it balanced. And as, as, <laughs> as, a, as a civilian, yeah. like, just wrapping my mind around things that don't make sense, like, there are a lot of stats I run into on a regular basis, and it just still don't. Like, you know, a top-fuel dragster, zero to 100 miles an hour in eight-tenths of a second. Like, mm -hmm. you can tell me that all day long, and I, you know, like, I can't get with it. And the piston speed and the starting and stopping, mm -hmm. when I try to think about it, <laughs> it just... Just brain locks up. The brain locks up because yeah. it's like, no, how can that actually be happening? How can anything do that? I don't. I don't really. For for some reason, we get by with it. That's all I know. You know, yeah. don't don't. You don't <laughs> yeah, right. It happens. Don't ever let anybody tell you something won't work. Right. Until yeah. you know for sure yourself it doesn't work. Right. You know, because yeah, I had somebody tell me years ago we couldn't build these big engines because the rod burner wasn't big enough for it. Well, they, we run those things. Hundred runs, you know they're fine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just you fix what breaks is pretty much what you do. <laughs> That's right? a good way to look at it, right? Yeah, yeah. you fix what yeah. breaks. I mean, we know we know in the big engines, the the uh, the connecting rods we have to service them maybe every thirty runs, and then you know the lifters you have to rebuild those, and valves every once in a while, pistons will go. They they actually last pretty well. It's pretty amazing to yeah. me. Make make that kind of power and be that. Well, you said too. They're they're running well. They're with the uh, NHRA. They're running quarter mile. They're running eighth mile. We're running quarter, quarter mile. Running quarter yeah. mile. Yeah. yeah. So back to really because what what's the top speed on that thing? About two twenty, two twenty five, two twenty eight in there yeah, somewhere. That's, that's you know they're they're nasty. It's, yeah. Uh, it's good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's crazy. But uh, we, you know we we uh, have worked on those for <laughs> well forty years. Yeah, on big engines. I started nineteen eighty. So yeah, this is our forty first year building big engines. And what's the biggest displacement you built? We, we don't, well, was because the Ford, we never built a wide bore center block with a real big bore. So, okay. You know, we, we, we maybe did a 900 inch one one time okay. pulling truck or something, but we've never, because nobody really wants to build pro mods out of them, so we didn't ever go that route. Okay. You could, but we don't want, you know, nobody wants to spend the money. Right. Well, exactly. Yeah. And and that's what I've heard through my conversations. It's like, hey, we're all out here racing. We've got something that's already making more power than we need yeah. already. So yeah. what's the point of going into this like crazy development race right. and costing everybody a bunch of money? And, and, and instead of racing, we're just developing. Is that accurate? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, and, we, you know, we're at the point where we don't want to spend our own money on a lot of R&D and something we're not going to sell any of. You have to be careful. You can't build something really tricky. You know, this whole one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, right. It's a business. In the yeah. end, it's a business. As right. much as you're an artist, yeah, it's yeah, a business. I mean, if you run it with your heart, you might go bankrupt. Yeah, and, and let's go back to the boat stuff now. You know, it's easy to say, yeah, 180 miles per hour on the water. But when that's crazy think, fast, when you think about it, like that doesn't. That's another one of the numbers that just doesn't really make sense. Oh, it's a 50 foot long boat. You know, it's 14,000 pounds. You know. Doesn't have brakes. <laughs> All I can think of this, I mean, my, my dad is a water skier from day go. Now, I learned how to water ski when I was about six. If you hit the water going like 36 miles an hour, yeah. it hurts. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine 180. That's yeah. insane. No. Well, unfortunately, you know, on a straightaway crash, they don't survive those a lot of times, you know? Mm. So we, we try to 
be yeah. behave. Yeah. Sometimes in the corners they'll bump. Yeah. You know, but they they behave pretty well in the straightaways because it's too fast to wreck. You know, but where they normally would have trouble is if they had to do a blowover. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Those are those are really tough on the drivers. And and how is it different? Uh, you know, building something that's it's like two opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Drag racing, it's got to live for six seconds and yeah. over a hundred runs, uh, say. Whereas in the in the water, that is prolonged oh, exposure. It's the the abuse those engines take is unbelievable, you know. And it's like a big Daytona when they get out there. They'll maybe go two miles, make a turn, come back two mm -hmm. miles, you know. And so they're wide open for two miles worth, and two engines. There's, Lord knows, there's probably a hundred hoses and stuff and hose clamps. Oh, and, you know, there's so Joe, many. you gotta see these engines. They're, they're, they're so, huge and all the coolers and everything yeah, on them. Yeah, and there's so many things that could fail. Right. And it doesn't yeah. take but one, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're the one who put it together, you're sitting there and, you know, it's just like, won't this race ever get over, you know. And it, <laughs> yeah, it's only lap four and there's eight, there's 12 more to go or something. Yeah. So it's, re it's really hard to watch. Yeah. It's hard to watch, you know. Well, the, so let's go this from these big giant engines. Yeah. Tell Joe and the listeners about the little uh, COVID lockdown oh. project <laughs> you have. My bike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I don't have any, we don't have any pictures here. But it's on our Instagram. If you go to the Total Seals Instagram page, there's there's one oh, on, it's there. on there. Oh yeah. Okay. I took pictures while I was at the shop. And I put okay. them on there. Yeah. It's a little V twin that I built out of an airplane. It was a model airplane engine that. It was an opposed engine, so I built a crankcase and brought. The, I wanted it to look like a little miniature Harley. Right. Yeah. So but, stop. He built his own crankcase. But yeah. the, <laughs> the, the motor's only about this big. Yeah. But it, you know what? It goes about probably forty miles an hour on the bike. So it's your pit bike now. Yeah. If I ever get to go to the races again, <laughs> if we get over all these sicknesses, but we, um, yeah, it's a neat little project. It's got yeah. an eight-speed transmission on it that came out of a. Shimano rear axle hub, you know, okay, like yeah. a Lenko. Okay. He shipped it wide open and it shifts. No clutch, nothing. It's just like really? a Lenko. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So I think we come down to, we need to go down to uh, Atlanta. And right. We just need to go drive that thing up around the parking oh, lot yeah, down fine. the street. Yeah, it kept us busy. And you know, there's yeah. racing in town this week, and since you're already here. Yeah, well, I think I'm, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> right. I, I, I might have to go back to work. <laughs> so technically, this is work. Uh, yeah, but this is fun. Yeah. So with the racetrack being up, up the street, are you had any good bristle stories? Because uh, no, we got in, in my pro stock pinto we had in '76. We got runner up that race. Really? Yeah. Fall race in IHRA. Yeah, it was the best we ever did. Yep. And the next weekend is when we crashed the car. <laughs> but you know, then if we wouldn't have crashed, you know, there's all these life changing events. You know? Right. If we didn't crash the car, I don't know. Maybe we still would have raced. If I if I still would have raced, I wouldn't have been working for Dino Don. Right. You know, so everything in your life might not be sitting here. No, exactly. You it's, know, so you don't know. No, you don't. You, you never just, know. Yep. So growing up in Cleveland area, did you know Ron Hutter? You mentioned him earlier. Oh yeah, sure. We were chatting. Yeah, Hutter. Yeah, he's he's one of the absolute best. Yeah, he is, isn't he? He's one. He's another the best. quiet guy. He, he's kind of underrated because a lot of people don't really understand and know him because he's right. a little bit low profile. Mm -hmm. But he is the absolute genius. We yeah. uh, we spoke with him on a recent episode of Hidden Horsepower, and it was yeah. just like once you, it's interesting like these deep thinking types. Oh yeah, right. He's like great. you're you're media friendly, okay. Yeah. But some of the deep thinkers, like you got to pull them out of, of that, and then they start to go, and <laughs> oh here we go, yeah. you know it's on, and then <laughs> yeah, he starts telling some stories, and yeah, but... you know even even uh, you know pushing back on conventional mm -hmm. uh, thinking that kind of stuff. Oh uh, yeah, he's I, I have a lot of he's one of my heroes, you know. 
aside from a couple people here. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> I heard. Oh, yeah. Like a... Earlier, I'll, I'll walk out there in the, in the waiting room, and there's John John Callies and WJ sitting at the table. I'm like, man, that is too brilliant right there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, not to pry, but, like, what's that conversation about? Is it about engines or something else? Well, I kind of, since he's got, WJ's got the whole day. He's yeah. waiting to do his thing later. I said, come on over here and have a seat. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let me let me ask you some stuff. Yeah, it was more, some notes. It was, it was, and it's not easy to get. You know, so you were primed for knowledge. You're yeah, trying to get some. We are good friends, though. Yes, and we really respect you each other. Well, you drive by his shop on your way to work. I can drive by his shop on the Sunday morning at seven thirty if I'm go, if I happen to be going to work. His car will be in the lot. He's yeah. working. Yeah, yeah. I hear Warren gets to work at four a.m. Nah, he said about it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't ruin but, the legend. The facts get away from great story. Uh, we, we can have some pretty good conversations. But still, at this point, I've never really seen any of his cylinder heads or anything. You know, he's still got. Oh, oh yeah, no, 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 no. yeah. He's not, yeah. Not, not no, gonna I wouldn't even ask. Yeah, not no. gonna Well, happen. I'll ask for you yeah. later on today. It's like Kazi wants to see the cylinder heads. Warren, let it happen. <laughs> no, nah, you know, we're not going there. All right. All, all right. right. All right. So, it's talking about media friendly and some other good uh, YouTube videos. Talk, tell us, where did the origin come from? of the finger and the manifold, right? Oh. If, again, if you've not seen it, you've got it's on yeah, YouTube, it's right? On YouTube. And don't try it at home. Yeah, yeah definitely don't try a it. A at home. ETC Kazi video or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. Somebody put it up there. I didn't put it up, but uh, I had a um, to do a presentation for the AETC, mm -hmm. and I kind of wanted to see how this would work anyway. I always wanted to do this, but. We built a, had a motor on the dyno, and we built a big shield, big steel shield, so if it blew up, it wouldn't hurt us. So you could bad. stand next to the engine so you while you're making the dyno pull. Yeah, so we could stand next to the engine while you're making the dyno pull. We had some plexiglass up and had a little place for your arm to come out. And then I had a, like a little protrusion in the intake manifold. We had a glass port on the manifold. And we, we had like a little nipple that stuck out and it had kind of a radius end on mm -hmm. it. And you could put your finger in there. Right. I wanted to see what the pulses felt like. Right. You know, and it's a lot different than you might think. You know, there's a, it really was a surprise. And I like had, it not pushing down anywhere near mirrors as much as you think. Well, it's not a smooth flow at any time. It's not what you think it is. It changed everything the way you think about what what it, something runs, but. There's more of a pulse going backwards. If you just closed your eyes and put your finger in there, you couldn't tell which way the air was going. But you'll see it on that video. <laughs> yeah, stop and think about that for a second. It, it makes sense, though. When the valve closes, everything bunches up against well, the valve. I had right? three or four of my guys did it. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, the first time you did it, you'd give up and tap out and pull your finger out. Because <laughs> <laughs> it keeps getting worse and worse. And you think, I'm only halfway through the dynapole, and if it gets twice as bad from here, I'm going to break my finger. Right. It's that strong. It's just, just that, that violent. Oh, you can't hold it still. Uh, it's going up and down. And if you put it in sideways, it'd probably dislocate probably your... I tried it sideways once. I had to pull, I had to pull it out. <laughs> Tapped out. Yeah, we put a glove on, a rubber glove, yeah. and it stripped the rubber off, and it went up and down. Really? But, how, so how cold is it? Uh, it's probably a good 30 degrees colder than the air. Yeah. And you, and it's not when it's idle and it's pretty good. And the minute you go wide open, whoa, is it cold in there. Yeah. You know? And so we, we realized that, you know, you really don't have that in a fuel injection motor. No. 
Yeah. I talked about it last night with, yeah. with the gaster thing. Yeah. Yeah, and even you know electronic fuel injection, it does yeah. not have that cooling, and that's that's one of the reasons why a lot of times carbureted engines are a little better than fuel injection because the air is you know on a hot day, especially yeah. the air because you got your vaporization and stuff going on. Your little refrigeration cycle happens, you know, and it gets cold. But, but look how much you learned just from that experiment. Oh my God! And the other thing was. If you just put your just put your finger in there a little bit, or you bend it down so it's against one of the walls, mm -hmm. you can feel anything. So you what? know all that time you spend on all this finish and smooth, and there's nothing happening there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all in the center. It's all in the middle. You know? That's crazy. And so we, you know, like, and there's times when you put a manifold on it doesn't fit quite right, you know, mm -hmm. and you see the floor sticking up or something. Most of the time when you fix it, it doesn't make much difference. You know, it's not like it hurt at 20 or 30 horse, you know. And right. It probably doesn't make much difference because there's probably, there's not as much going on there as you think. think yeah. Out on wow. the outside corners and in the, on those edges. If it's if it's a, like a short turn or somewhere mm -hmm. where the air is maybe doing a real good bend, mm -hmm. probably a little. But down the middle of a port, it's just, everything's going right down the center. Hmm. Now, you mentioned when you, the AETC thing, that you put some oil in the oh, headers, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And it we, and what happened? Yeah, well, we had a clear port on this engine, right? And where the uh, O2 sensors were about a foot down in the header pipe, mm -hmm. we just put a little cap on there and drove a little hole in mm -hmm. it, and we squirted oil in with a with a oil can. Yeah. While it was running, it's just sitting there yeah. idling, and it took about five seconds to see the oil coming up in the manifold. Goes da, 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 every yeah. every cycle, it yeah. go a little farther. Pretty soon, it's all in the plenum. Wow. Yeah. Think about that for a second. Yeah. yeah. Oil that's in the header. Yeah. A foot from the exhaust valve, in about five seconds, is in the plenum. Okay. So what's the punchline to that? I don't know. Other no, than no, it, 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 it just blows no, your mind. You know what it is. It's, oh, a, yeah. it's a rusty header. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, when we did the video yes. from the expo from yeah. January, the end of that segment, John takes a mild steel header, yeah. tamps it on the ground. I'm standing behind the camera filming it, and it's everything I can do not to be a gas and make a noise when he's tapping this thing and a ton of rust sure. comes out. And they it, were run a week before that. You know, it's just, you got all those acids and everything in yeah. there, and if they're not stainless, that's what you get. Yeah. And a lot of our headers are not stainless so we have to tap them out and blow them out we're good before we run them each time because the moment you crank it up in five seconds that stuff's in the plenum yeah you know, coatings though coatings prevent mm -hmm. that hopefully no not on the inside now there might be some way you could do it but i've never been able to find it you know when we get the like the jet hot type of stuff you yes. know the really good coating ceramic coatings that's all on the outside of the tube and that stuff's sort of sprayed on. They, right. they can get in there about an inch, but they can't get in the middle. You know, if it was dipped in a tank or something. You think Joe may have some uh, mild still letters? I see a look on his face. Two-thirds of the questions that I have are directly related to me. Oh, okay, that's bad. Well, the, I did one of the bad. things that and not a lot of people don't know, but one of the things if you've got a race car, you know, and you race it every weekend, it's got mild steel headers on it, you know, it's going to do that, mm -hmm. right? But when you crank it up, if you got throttle about half open when you hit the ignition, just let it rev up to 4,000 real quick. You know, it's not going to hurt it. Yeah. You know, don't let it chug the life and just, and just barely get going. 
Because that's when all that crap goes it's back up in, in the... Yeah, and it'll be on the carburetor throttle plate. Yeah, you were mentioning that me yesterday yeah. or this morning about that. You had yeah. a customer that had, to, had that happen. Yeah, it'll be... It'll get up in there so far, it'll be all over the bottom of the carburetor. Rust. So... Mm -hmm. But if you, if you rev it up the second it cranks, not two seconds later, but right. the second it cranks, if it's revved up, it kind of... Now, there's gonna if it's in your garage, you're gonna have a lot of rust in the floor, you know. But <laughs> it's better to not be. In you want to blow it out, not yeah. suck it up. And, and you're a ring and cylinder wall finish guy, uh, so you don't want that stuff no. going up and down with your rings, do you? No, that's the worst. I thought you do all no. this work, you spend all this time with a profilometer, get everything yeah, and right, a, and you all throw that. a handful of sand in there, and you destroy it like yeah, that. Yeah, and then people look at it and they say, "Oh, the guy who built this thing, he didn't get it clean." Or something, because there's all these scratches, right? Right. I mean, talk about eating it up. So yes. cold start, rev it up, as opposed to sure. slowly. Like I, I think that uh, the conventional logic out there from well, the, the layman might would, say. Yeah, people like it to chug the life because the oil's cold. They, don't worry about that. Just rev it up. Yeah. You know, it's, another reason not to run straight yeah, fifty or something like gonna, that. You're not going to hurt the. Uh, um, the oil and the bearings and stuff being cold, just rev it up. What's going to hurt you the most is the rust grinding up and down on your valve seats and the rings and the bores. It hurts right now. I'm, I'm thinking I need this. to have stainless steel headers is what I need to well, have. Well, stainless, we can tell the difference if an engine has stainless headers. The bores look much better when it comes back. Well, this is one of those little nuggets, you yeah. know, that you can think about. I mean, I know from oil analysis, I can tell a difference in how much wears in an engine if they're running titanium retainers or steel retainers that tie retainer oh, is lighter oh. but that tie wears it will make everything else in the engine wear more every single time tie retainers it's yeah i mean i get it from a valve train perspective mm -hmm. dynamics but tie yeah. retainers increase engine wear across the board i didn't even think of that i know that it wears them down oh it does you know? But, uh, you know, it's not going to stick to magnets or anything. So I guess it just goes in the oil and stays there. But Right. And the filters can't capture everything. That's the thing. I mean, a, a filter has what they call a beta ratio. So say for every thousand particles that head to that filter, yeah. some percentage are going to get through. And it, if it's a 99.9, it's for a thousand particles, one gets through. Okay. But it still gets through. Yeah. And that's for a, a given size. Depending on how small it is it's that's it can be something so those are all those little things i think yeah. beyond that first piece of information it's like okay why is my engine smoking and uh, yeah. all this right well okay well, right, let's look at your headers i mean it's not your first thought yeah <laughs> no yeah right very very interesting so let's uh let's move forward in that uh, we've talked a lot about the past but let's talk about the future in that you know what do you want to work on what is a combination that you think is you know cutting edge that is the future of uh, making big power that kind of stuff things that you're interested in doing in the future you know sometimes we just kind of roll with what presents itself to us you know like it can be road course cars or you know we do some nissan gtr yeah. engines for a company in atlanta that we just do exclusively for them mm -hmm. and uh you know it's it, we've learned a little bit from working on those it, are you know? twin turbo engines power yeah they're 2000 horse <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> 2000 little, in a, a six cylinder six, yeah you know? but pretty much we kind of like to look at stuff and maybe see what we can do to make it better 
you know, what's what's failing and what can well, we Well, the fix? crankshafts, right? You were showing yeah, me that. Yeah, we're, we're, we're breaking there. cranks in those. And we're, we're, in fact, we've talked to Randy Neal here. Right. You know, because he, he has a pretty good view of those things. Mm -hmm. and he helped us a little bit. But there, um, any of those projects, we're, you know, we're going to be doing some more uh, unlimited boat stuff, I okay. think, with the, with the Mercury's and, uh, you know, anything that's different. Right. Really anything that's different. Um, Power-wise, you know, a lot of the stuff we work on, the, the big engines, you know, we're, we're not stuck, but we're at the point where the gains are getting really small. Yeah. You know, yeah. but NHRA returns. is absolutely the same way. You know, their, yeah. their gains are really small. Yeah. Because you, once you get those things to three horsepower per inch or something, you know, there's not a lot left. No. <laughs> Not without a rule change or something that's changed. Right. You know? And, well, they just, you know, not that long ago switched to the fuel injection from the carburetors. Well, that was a step back That stepped them back, yeah. and they still haven't. Uh, they're, yeah. you know, in the right conditions, they're approaching what the record yeah. was, but they're it, not there yet. But they got their air intake down on the ground, and that thing's on 130-degree air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, off the asphalt. Right. Right, yeah, on a hot day. The speed and then the, really got... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't have an answer for that. But they're getting there, though. That's the thing. They're, that's they're, amazing. They are. They're they almost are. back. Well, that, <laughs> and you have to claw back too, right? I mean, yeah. that that's a big a big part of it. Is you're really having to kind of claw back, and those gains are small. So you have to work really hard and put a lot of little things together yep. to try to get there, which makes it makes it tough. I know someone who'll know about this. Yeah. We'll have him on a little bit uh, later on today. Okay, yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, yeah, 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 and, yeah. And WJ, he's still working on those engines. Yes. More for fun. Right. You know, I don't think, I'd love to see him drive again. I would, but I, I think he could. But. I know he could. Yeah, I know. He's oh, yeah. got a, you know, he's got a whole thing. Yeah. He'll tell us. Oh, he's, he's ready my, to go. My dad's 73. Two weeks ago, he goes up to uh, Indiana to go run a go-kart race. He goes there and waxes them. Just kills him, right? What, what, he, what he's been doing though, he spent all summer long. We got the dyno running at the shop, yeah. So we got the dyno going now. Been working on headers, a couple other things. I mean, the the trick header we had, we thought was really good that made this big big peak power number. It was just that big peak power number. Yeah. We got another header that's maybe about one horsepower off, but it's four up everywhere else. Oh yeah, it's. Yeah. You I have to. You really have to be careful about that because, you know, and it doesn't matter what size the motor mm -hmm. is, but when you, uh, you know, you're working on an engine and if you trade power around, a lot of times you can trade it. Yeah. You trade it down the middle and add it up at the very top. Mm -hmm. It'll almost always run worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you get that big number, mm -hmm. everybody's happy. Right. Car slower. You got to right. get there. You yeah. got to get to that peak number and you lose time. Well, it doesn't spend that much time up there either. It's only yeah. at the top of the gear. It's not going anywhere then. Yeah. It goes somewhere when it's at the bottom of the gear. You know? That is so interesting. Well, I think it was Larry McReynolds, uh, you know, NASCAR crew yeah. chief, famous guy, was like, I'll take a mile an hour mm -hmm. at the center of a corner mm -hmm. than a mile an hour in the straightaway. Yeah. Well, so a mile an hour is a mile an hour. But right. the reality is that one mile an hour at the center of the corner is a greater percentage yeah. of the speed. Yes. Well, I'll, Plus, I'll, I'm building from that one mile an hour the whole straightaway versus yeah. that one last little flash. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. This is going back to 1984. Leonard mm -hmm. Wood, yeah. one of my heroes, absolute yeah. heroes. Nicest man. You know him. Oh, yeah. Nicest man I've ever really talked to just about. He, he told me that, you know, on one of those cars, 
when you run it, let's just say at the time we'd maybe go eight thousand to so let's say it's Charlotte. Yeah. They would they eight thousand. The bottom end of it might be six, mm -hmm. something like that. He said so the engine runs six thousand to eight thousand all the way around the track. Right. And he told me absolutely for sure, and I've lived this every day since then. He said, if you kill the power at fifty five hundred, where it never sees it, to add it up on top, it'll always run worse. Really? Yes. <laughs> at fifty five, even though you're not even there. You're never there. He said, if you whatever you did to hurt the power five hundred RPM below the point that it gets to, it'll always run worse. All right, that, I think we, that's going to be the good? quote. That that's good. good. Well, yeah, yeah, I think that's sense. it, right? To yeah, me it makes sense, right? Like you push well, a rock up a hill, but you can't get it to the top. Well, the well. thing is, it's weird because you think, okay, well, I think about like our clutch carts and stuff. It hits at 10,000, right, or 10,002, right? That's where you want the power to be. What, what does it matter below that? But no, I think it does. Get there. <laughs> uh, well, I get so, if, if anyone's going to know, Leonard yeah. Woodwood, yeah. Yeah. right? I mean, right. That's, a, that's a man that, I mean, David Pearson and those guys, I mean, Dad would tell me stories because he, he knew David. Yeah. I mean, for several years there, they probably had a 40-horsepower advantage over everybody. But Pearson was smart enough, he wouldn't win every race. Yeah. And he wouldn't win it by as much as he could. Like He would yeah. wait and run it down the very last little bit and make a show of it. Because he was like, I don't want everybody to know we what advantage crushed. we have. Right. Yeah. Because then the rules makers will come after us. Uh, 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 they will. Absolutely. We don't want those rules makers. Yep. John, this has been amazing. Uh, our next bit, John Callie's going to talk about hydraulic roller lifters. That's a pretty uh, big Hydraulic innovation. versus solids. Versus <laughs> right? Yeah, versus solids, right? Versus solids. Well, we have to run yeah. hydraulics, you know, yeah. a lot of times. But it's a mystery for and everybody. Why is that? Well, it's kind of a moving target, you know. There's another spring in the system. Exactly. I mean, there's a spring yeah. and a piston inside yeah. that thing, yeah. actually. So and, it's... And it's um, but you can get it right, you know, and they have their place. Right. You don't have no choice. And the challenge is anymore, you've got these high horsepower street motors. Right. And that's a variable. Like I said, yeah. it's another well, thing we use, you got to... We use more hydraulics than solids in the crate motors we build by far. Right. Amazing. And, and they're more. his lifters. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly, they have yeah. our name on them, but they're <laughs> they're, they're Cali's morale lifters. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, amazing. This has been an episode of Hidden Horsepower. I recommend you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, TotalSeal.com website to get more stuff just like this. Thanks to the folks at Edelbrock for supporting this uh, segment. Uh, John, this was just tremendous. Every time we speak, we you know there's something <laughs> learned. Always. Always. <laughs> always. And I'll uh, run out one day. You know? <laughs> no, I don't think we'll, so. We'll, we'll keep on digging until we find that point okay <laughs> but, but thank you very much you really appreciate you and thank you for coming in and lake uh this ah. was illuminating oh it's fantastic this hidden horsepower is a throwback to the engine performance expo to remind you that the 2023 engine performance expo will be january 13th and 14th go to youtube type in engine performance expo subscribe click the bell you'll never miss a second people are signing on as we speak it is going to be great and hidden horsepower the next couple of weeks we're going to have great guests from the engine performance expo to give you a taste of what it's all about and if you love hidden horsepower write us a review give us five stars apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud and remember always make total seal your first call not your last call i'm joe costello and we'll see you next time on hidden horsepower presented by total seal